The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Coming down the aisle, it's time to fire. Who the hell are you to tell the chop anything? Yeah! He is broken! And that's the bottom line. I've got the stop on profile like never before. Woo! Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kitzel here, hanging out with... Katie Dirks. Hey, Katie. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Did you find the bandit who broke into your car last week? Um, I didn't, but hmm. I, I'm i trying... I'm, I'm over it. It's going to be fine. It's fine. There's worse things that happen to better people, so it's fine. Yeah, that's very true. Think about pancreatic cancer. Um, yeah. I had a chance... Last week, we had Effie on the show, and that was incredible, <laughs> and I had a chance to go watch him at Drag Queens and Drop Kicks, and that was awesome, full of Drag Queens, full of Drop Kicks, and Effie won his match. I mean, your Instagram stories were phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, Instagram is great for that, just to watch everyone do their crazy-ass things in a crazy-ass crowd. I love those wrestling crowds. Great chance, and there's a lot of people... That are real big, just like me. Yeah, there you go. Although none of the wrestlers had triple extra large t-shirts. That's the one that I like to wear. And I'm like, what mm. are you doing? It's a wrestling show. You know the wrestling fan base is, is huge. We're all Yokozunas out there. You got to get the triple <laughs> extra large. Let's get some triple X's. It's a fat tax, you know? It's a it's a problem that's going on right now. Because, you know, I went to see Elton John. Yes. And I wanted to get an Elton John shirt as well. But they, Oh, I didn't know, I didn't know that you wanted you were going for the shirt. Yeah, I was going to go get the shirt. It was $50, and then it was a plus five more dollars to get a double extra large. I don't, I'm not okay. I'm legitimately not okay with that. It's a tall tax. <laughs> anyway. I'm not. I'm done. But I, it's just it's a tall tax going on out there. And you, anyway, it's fine. We need to. We. I do. I'm fine with taking this on as a cause. Thank you. Okay. Well, today's guest, this man, as we have seen, I've saw him. I saw him on the YouTube. On on the YouTubes. And he is hot. H a w t. I love him. His name is Royce Isaacs. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. It's great to be here. This is a beautiful studio. We've got it all figured out. It's all more of out. an apartment than a studio, but, you know, we're doing the best we can. <laughs> I was trying to keep kayfabe there, but, yeah, it <laughs> sure is an apartment. It's a nice, a nice apartment, though. A nice yeah. apartment in North Hollywood. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, Katie, you brought uh, Mr. Royce to my attention and to our audience's attention. So perhaps you could just start this off. Uh, what do you want to talk to him about other than his gorgeous uh, eyes? His gorgeous eyes. One of them is black. But we'll get to that. Whoa, you got you got two different color eyes. Well, I got a shiner. Uh. So I got a blue. I've got blue eyes. They're they're blue or green depending on my mood, I guess. And then cool. I, I have a black eye from like a, the round it thing, like a glam rocker looking thing. Well, how'd you get that black eye? What happened? Did you did you get drunk and fall down and hit a hit your head on a doorknob, or was it wrestling related? <laughs> it was. Uh, it was wrestling related. I this last Saturday I was in a match at Modest Brewing Company uh, in Minnesota, and uh, me and Tom, my tag team partner uh, in in the wild cards, were wrestling Airwolf and uh, Angel Dorado. Ooh. There are two Minnesota guys that are really, really talented, like eighteen and twenty years old, and you just think like, how how are you guys that talented that young? It's like frustrating, right? But um, just a freak accident, uh, an accidental head clash while I had someone in a waist lock. I had Angel Dorado, I want to say, or no, sorry, it was Airwolf in a waist lock, and his head went back right into my uh, my orbital, and it was one of those things. It wasn't even that like hard, but as as soon as it hit, it just hit me right, and I knew I was like, oh, that's gonna blow up, and 
now it's like it's all swollen and, and black and blue but like i think i think chicks dig that so it's kind of sure. kind of badass it's badass yeah, absolutely it's, it's badass but also questionable if i were to see you uh, at the library, I would be like, mm, something's up here. But at a wrestling show, I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, he's a wrestler. Right, yeah. <laughs> Katie, how often do you go to the library? You know what? I have been thinking about going to the library a lot, but I have not gone in years. I thought about it yesterday. <laughs> I mean, there there's so many books. There are so many. I just haven't gone to a library in forever. I remember when you can go back in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, they had a whole section that just had Playboys. At the library? At the library. What? And it was very exciting. That is ripe for some creep. Yep. Yeah, who wants to rent? You don't want to be the last person to rent one of those. No. <laughs> Definitely yeah, not. No. <laughs> You'd be sticking to your hands like uh, like uh, Clark Griswold. Remember that when he had all the sap on his hands? <laughs> and he was reading the magazine? Uh, I'm 38 years old. These are my references. It's. I mean, I'm 36, so it's. It's. I'm 30. We're we're all on the third floor hey, in here. Boom. We're on the third floor. I love it. Um. All right. So how, so let's talk about the LA scene a little bit. You're. You. How long? When did you get here? How long have you been here? And we'll go from there. So I I moved to LA. Uh, it's been two years as of October 12th. So I just passed my two year anniversary. Nice. I was living in Denver before that. And uh, I was wrestling out there. It just wasn't really like it wasn't enough. Like the scene wasn't wasn't big enough. And I knew I wasn't going to get where I wanted to be in terms of my wrestling career. So I, I moved out to L.A. Uh, to be a wrestler, which most people move out to L.A. to be like an actor or whatever. But right. it was same same kind of idea, you know, just uh, a little bit different in the in the execution. And I'm really glad I did because everything has kind of taken off from here. I've made some really good connections and and been able to do some cool stuff. And now I'm wrestling with the NWA, and nice. uh, it's been it's been like a, a dream come true for sure. So like moving to LA was like g- going and following my dreams while I was actually able bodied. I'm I'm so glad I did that. That's awesome, man. Well, I would assume when it comes out to when it comes down to Los Angeles as well. I mean, there is an acting component to wrestling. I would assume sure. that there are still some people out there that are more looking for actors as well, and maybe you could get breaks in you know, television and all those kinds of things also, just almost as a uh, side gig. You know, I've actually, I've, I've done a little bit of stuff uh, with acting. Um, shout out to uh, if anyone saw me on Shark Tank uh, getting body slammed um, and, and carried off the set. Wait, but, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. There's, wait, well, I've missed this. You missed this? Yeah, this was, was not in my research. Oh, it actually, it aired recently. Like, it aired on the same day as one of the episodes of NWA Power, too, so like, yeah. I got like a double like social media <laughs> boost for the day. But uh, yeah, they randomly they needed two wrestlers and myself and Tyler Bateman a guest mm-hmm. of the show yes uh were the ones that were on there and I wore a shirt that said fat and he wore a shirt that said cholate I believe mm-hmm. which was like the supplement that they were kind of trying to sell and uh I tried <laughs> to get past Tyler Bateman and he body slammed me and then carried me away with my legs kicking and screaming that oh is my God. that's <laughs> incredible it was good I love those little yeah. like I, I just think of those like little easter eggs for your life you know, when someone's watching television and then they'll be like, I went to high school. What the hell? I went to high school with that dude. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's getting body slammed in front of Mr. Wonderful. I, I think that that, especially with me, because I was, I mean, I, I played football and I wrestled in high school as well, but uh, like like amateur wrestling with the singlet and the headgear and whatnot. But I uh, I was like a, a fat kid all my life until I was like 21. Nice. And I wasn't really ever like super like, like a jock or anything like that. So I, I feel like. Most people who knew me when I was like 14 are very confused how I ended up here. But. Dude, that's a good story. It's like Ben from the movie It. He was uh, he was the chubby boy, Aww. and then he came yeah. back, and then everyone's like, oh my God, you've changed. <laughs> and then he's like, I haven't changed at all uh, mentally. I've just changed physically, and you are, you are, you're mean. Yeah, it's just like, I, that's just like that. I, I got to know, though, did they say yes to the product on Shark Tank? Oh, no, apparently it went horribly. I, it, <laughs> The first 10 seconds where me and Bateman were out there were great, apparently. And then after that, as soon as we left, they just completely, Mark Cuban was like calling them out, being like, your products don't work and science has proven the other way. And I was like, well, not my fault. No, nope. you're just, not you're my just there. Yep. I'm, just, I'm just a humble man getting body slammed <laughs> you're just on a, them to sell it. You're just a dude in a fat shirt on, on cable television. Yeah, I really need to find that shirt. It was a good shirt. Hell yeah. So you have been, uh, when did you start with bar wrestling? I actually just made my uh, bar wrestling debut. I want to say in September, I wrestled Jungle Boy, who's uh, one of my really, really tight peoples. Uh, we trained together quite a bit. And uh, I really, 
I'd wanted that match forever, and luckily I got to have it on Bar Wrestling, which is a special place, I think, to, to have a wrestling match. That's sure. incredible. So Jungle Boy, now he's in AEW, correct? Yes. Yeah, He. it was also one of those, like, I don't know how many chances we're going to get to do this anymore because once October started, they started their TV. and Right. They're, they're, I think they can still do some, some indie bookings, but it's a lot harder. Like, they have to get clearance and all right. this other stuff. And I don't know. I. Uh, Jungle Boy is one of my, my closest, tightest peoples, and uh, he's a really talented wrestler. So he it's is. cool to see him get get all the success that he deserves. He's incredible. He's my favorite wrestler that doesn't wear shoes. And there, are, there, and that's true. And and that goes. There's a there was a couple of uh, Haku. We've talked about this before. There's, there's a, a lineage of sho- wrestlers without shoes. To yeah. be honest, yeah. Mike, Speedball Mike Bailey is a really good one. So what's that process like? Is you now obviously you're in NWA. Um, when you see your friends now, are you seeing a lot of your friends? Going over to these promotions now, are you seeing like a lot of people? The industry is sort of uh, heating up, and uh, are, have you seen a lot of transition going on with your peers? Yeah, I mean, and it's of been, course yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been it's been really cool. I I, I want to say that when I first started out training, uh, I guess about five and a half years ago, there wasn't as much like it was harder to make a living on the indies. It was harder to do anything on the indies. There weren't a ton of alternatives if you weren't going to WWE it was like there was at the time I I think it was still TNA rather than now it's Impact and Ring Mm. of Honor was obviously still around but even a lot of those places it it just wasn't the same scene it is now whereas there's you know obviously NWA there's AEW there's MLW there's all these alternatives that you can go to where you can make really good money or get exposure and um, it's been really cool to see my friends uh, be able to make a living in wrestling and it's really cool for myself to progress my career and to do really cool stuff and I mean there's just stuff that I didn't think I would be able to say like Billy Corgan is is my boss and like, oh, that's, that's awesome like, I wa- that's one of the things I wanted to jump into yeah. what's like and NWA has had kind of a crazy story over yeah. the last few years specifically yeah and of course I mean Billy Corgan I'm sure everyone knows but just to remind people the lead singer of Smashing Pumpkins he's also been on the cover of Cat Fancy Magazine I believe or Cat Premier yes, Magazine he has yeah. I'm learning so he, much today he, yes he's incredible yeah, what is that experience like? Not to not to step on uh, no, Katie's good. sentence. No, it's. I mean, it, it's it's been crazy. I um, I got hooked up with the NWA back in April was when I first started working with them, and I did the Crockett Cup, which was a tag team tournament, and that was the first time that me and uh, Tom Latimer, uh, Bram from Impact. Uh, teamed up, and we've been teaming as the Wild Cards ever since. Does Billy Corgan just have a bunch of smoke around him at all times? Does like a fog follow him wherever he goes? Because for some reason, there's something very mystical about Billy Corgan. He's almost taken the mantle away from what I thought Marilyn Manson would be like. It's sort of the way that Keanu Reeves is what everyone wanted Johnny Depp to become, but then it just happened to be Keanu. But I feel Mm -hmm. like Billy Corgan is truly still like, he's like, what is he all about? You know... I can't even really add to that. That's actually pretty much perfect. There is smoke that follows him around. <laughs> He's everywhere. an enigma. He he really is. <laughs> it's really cool. It's been really cool to work with him and to get to know him, but he is definitely an enigma. And it's, I don't know, it's like, a, it's just a weird thing to be able to say, especially growing up uh, when I when I did. I'm, I'm 30 years old, so when I was a kid was right when the Smashing Pumpkins were, like, coming out strong yeah. and were, like, the, the big thing, so... Um, and then now they're still doing stadium tours and crushing it. So and and he's he does these tours and then it's like okay cool we have you know TV tapings next week and he just runs that too. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, what an enigma for sure. <laughs> I love it. And the belt is protected, in, in at NWA. Like you guys, I feel like you protect or protect the title, right? We're the we're the tag team champions. Me yeah. and Tom, the wild yeah. card of the tag team champions. So uh, we won the tag team titles. Uh, in September at a Ring of Honor show, it was me and Tom versus PCO and uh, Brody King. So your guy, nice. guest that yep. you guys have had on, and uh, that was really really cool. Um, is PCO as crazy as he comes across? Because when we spoke with Brody, he's like the man's not human. Because I think he's like fifty years old, and if I saw him at a Seven Eleven. I think I just like give him a roller dog. I don't even know why. I just be like, here's a roller dog, sir. Um, <laughs> is he truly that? Is is he really that nuts? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> PCO is insane. He he's a crazy man, and he's a legend, and he's really great to work with. He's really nice. But 
it's hard to say like it's usually people are like crazy and mean he's not mean he's just he's just insane like i don't know how else to describe <laughs> it like i if if he hears this i hope he's not offended because i don't mean it in any way insulting he's just insane you know i think he'd be happy with the i mean katie at this point i think that's a compliment because he's certainly not pretending to be normal yeah no if you were to be like oh yeah no he hangs out at the library yeah You'd be like, oh, that, that would be an insult. He hangs out at the library Looking at the in the porno section. In the porno yeah, exactly. Playboy <laughs> section, yeah. I love it. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'm fairly certain the people that did go to the porno section looked a lot like PCO, now that I think about it. Yeah, now that now that we're really breaking it down, actually, maybe maybe we just back off this one. <laughs> um, okay, so what do you, what's, uh, I, I in my research, one of the things that I wanted to ask yes. was, on your IMDb, Oh, there is God. a there is a brief credit from yes. 2018 <laughs> okay. from a WWE. Yeah, uh, talk to me just a little bit about being a day player for them. Oh, the old the good old extra work. <laughs> so I've been an extra on Shark Tank and WWE Raw. So that's a really good uh, resume list. Yeah, there. it was it was just uh, you know um, they bring in obviously local talent as extras and uh, well when you time, say when you say extras, can you explain a little bit to the audience what that means? Um, you know, obviously, when it comes to like when the Undertaker walks out, for example, and he has yeah. minions lining the yeah, li- lining the, 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 the whole, whatnot, but yeah. what what is that kind of uh, role like when it comes to wrestling? It's one of the least glamorous roles, but it's good money and it's good connections, and you know, catering is really tasty at WWE. Woo. So when you're when you're a when you're an indie wrestler and you don't you know have a big steady stream of income and you're really grinding it can be really useful to be able to get some money to uh you know do whatever extra role they need because because as as you'll notice if you're watching wwe there's going to be a segment backstage at some point and there's going to be someone on camera that isn't a contracted wrestler because you don't want to have someone that maybe is going to be your next mid-card champion be in a concession costume like I was in a concession costume and saying I don't know who Kevin Owens is right uh Braun Strowman was confronting me and he was like where's Kevin Owens and I was just like I just stock the hot dogs man I don't know anything about that um that's incredible how was it working I mean that's got to be kind of trippy though because at some point I mean I know we're all you're in the industry um but you still have to sort of feel like a fan at some point also right uh yes yes and no I mean I think it's it's a little bit weird when you start wrestling and you're you're actually in it yourself there's people that I really do fanboy over and it's the people that I watched when I was growing up right those are the kind of people that like if I you know talk to Bill Goldberg I'm gonna be like oh my god that's Bill Goldberg that's crazy but a lot a lot of the people it's not uh, that are that are there now it's like it's more of their my peers regardless of where we're at position wise right. you know obviously someone has a you know job there i don't at the and, and whatnot but uh what's funny is i find like i mark out for stuff like uh when i meet like a podcaster that i really like or something like that because it's like that's like the content that's in my home during the day and whatever right. that's what i'm thinking so like that's the kind of stuff i get really into like when it comes to wrestling it's like at this point those are my coworkers. you know what i mean we're, we're oh, yeah. all in the same thing together so I, don't know, I, I guess it's more of when you're an extra, you're you're just a, trying to stay out of the way and trying to yeah. not be noticed, really. Like, you just want to do your thing, you know? Yeah. I totally get it. I, I freaked out when I saw – I was walking out. I was in Los Angeles, and I was walking yeah. out of a Mexican restaurant, and it was incredible. I wasn't walking out of the restaurant because I never left – it was free. It was two dollar margaritas, and I ate a lot oh, and drank a lot. Don't ever, I, don't ever leave that. Yes. Never leave. But I was walking out of the bathroom, and I'm six foot seven, big, big, big guy. And yes. all of a sudden, I look down, and who's coming into the bathroom? But my favorite special effects artist of all time, Tom Savini. And oh, no wow. one even uh, Tom Savini doesn't even know he's Tom Savini. And so I was like, oh my god, I can't believe it. And then I had to go like I got an autograph and I got a picture and I was like, we're on the cover of Fangoria together. Isn't this cool? And he's like, who are you? Get away from me. Um, but that's <laughs> I, but I but I hear what you're saying. For yeah. me, celebrities are like such niche people, and I'm like, love Fr- love Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, sir. It was great yeah. when when Jason when he slid down the machete. That was cool. And he's like, okay, can I have my dinner now? And I was like. 
Yeah. Okay. But I, I suppose. <laughs> okay. I always I always lean back on like what am I going to say that they haven't ever heard before? Yeah. Which is like the sad part of it, totally. right? Like, of course. I'm going to be like, "Oh, I love doing this thing that you've already heard 9 million times. Hey, you really meant a lot to me when I was growing up." Which is like, "Yes, but like all right, somebody else has told them that for when, me. When you're in LA, you just kind of have to get out of your system, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I in Denver, there's not like a ton of celebrities. Like, right. Maybe like their winter homes in Aspen, but that's way far away from Denver. And I feel like the first, when I when I first moved here, I think I saw the guy that plays Luke Cage at the gym. And I, I looked at him, I was like, oh, big fan. And he would just kind of like, looked at me like, really? Like you're talking, like, he like nodded, but like in a night, like, okay, like I'm gonna acknowledge you. But I could tell, I was like, at that moment, I kind of, it snapped like, oh yeah, like I guess they probably get this all the time. And it's yeah. really annoying. Right. And he just wants to have his, like get his lift in, which is what I want to do too. So if I'm at the gym, so yeah. I get that. I don't I, know. I don't know what this says about my brain, but it took me like a full 15 seconds to stop thinking about Mortal Kombat. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, that's right. There's another, there's a Netflix show called Luke Cage. I just yes. thought I thought you were like look, talking to the guy who played Luke Cage in Mortal Kombat. His mo- and I was like, his that's mocap a, actor or something. That's a, yeah. Yeah. Deep that's ass a deep reference. Re- that's a deep yeah. reference. Oh, I did see. I think it was a uh, John Malkovich was at Porto's last night. Porto's Bakery. Oh. In Burbank, it was like right when they were closing, and I was just like finishing up my my chicken plate, and I looked over and I was like. Who's walking in here after they close? Yeah. Oh, oh, that looks like John Malkovich. Oh, it is. Oh. <laughs> I, I marked out a little bit for John Malkovich. Yeah. Like that's like a You're you know. Loud. Yeah. I love it. Oh, LA. Sorry for. <laughs> that was a really thorough answer to you <laughs> asked about very... extra work at WWE. Yeah. But... I mean, I've always been I've always been curious because I know that like I'm I'm literally about to go visit a friend of mine who works on the backlot at Universal, and to me like that's what I mark out yeah. on. I'm like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. She's like, yeah, no, it's just work. I'm like, no, but you don't understand. <laughs> I get to I get to drive on. Like, yeah. do you know what this means to me? So I was just wondering. I was just wondering what I it's like it. to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's that was my research question. It's perfect. So just, I guess, getting back to wrestling a little bit, how do you sort of uh, describe your style? Why do you why do you do uh, what you do in the ring? Because obviously you're very fast-paced. Um, I loved watching your matches. You're extremely smooth. Uh, how did you develop your style? Was that something that you had sort of in mind going in? Or were you like, I don't know, like did you have – how long has this development process been for you when it comes to sort of honing in on who Royce Isaacs is – when it comes to your in-ring performance and out-of-ring performance? Um, I think for me, I mean, you got to find something that just fits naturally with yourself. And coming from football and amateur wrestling, I like to incorporate my pedigree into my wrestling. I'm a pretty sarcastic person, so I talk a lot of shit, and I, I try to be pretty quick-witted when I'm in there. Like, I think... With wrestling, it's the overall package. So if you can beat someone's ass and talk shit while you do it, it's just you know that's yeah. salt in the wound and whatnot. Um, if you could go with one yeah. one wrestler, either currently wrestling or yeah. maybe not wrestling, who would you like to talk shit to the most because you truly hate them? Oh God, uh, you know that there's not really a lot of people I truly hate in wrestling. There's like one and. Uh, I wouldn't even want to give him the actual like because if you actually hate him, I don't want to give him the exposure or the time of day, especially on a, you know, the last podcast network. He doesn't deserve that kind of a shine. So I love it. Like, <laughs> I have, I have, but I'm not. I can't even say it. There's one in my brain, but I don't want to say it because this for the same reason. Right. I'm like, like no, you exactly. Don't fuck that guy. It's like if it's really fuck that guy. <laughs> if it's not really fuck that guy, then it's like, yeah, hey, yeah. we'll find a way to build and make money together and yeah. uh, do the whole wrestling thing. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And if it's like you really hate someone, then fuck them. They don't deserve this. Absolutely, yeah. I totally, I totally agree. That's, a, that's I, a good high road. It's hard to take that road. It is. As soon as I asked it to, I was like, "Yeah, I got one person in mind, and I'll never say his name because he's a total loser." And I <laughs> <laughs> screw. Yeah. What about yeah. when it comes to kayfabe? When it comes to you, like, who do you like to talk shit with in a kayfabe sense? Oh man, I uh, I would say uh, Bateman uh, is one of my favorites to uh, talk shit to and to wrestle. Uh, and there's also a guy, Andy Brown, that. I feel like we always have good, uh, it, both in-ring and out-of-ring chemistry. Uh, so I guess those would probably be my two picks. And nice. at some point, you and Tyler yes. made a bet on Twitter. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. Well, well, tell us a little bit. I, ben doesn't know this, so share. I don't think you, I don't think you, you don't do You don't know anyway. this, Ben? No, I don't know a lot of oh, stuff. Oh, God. Buckle up. Uh, <laughs> so, God. <laughs> uh, this was, me, me and Bateman have wrestled. Uh, like 10 12 times at this point but this was one of the first times we wrestled 
and it was not that long after I'd moved to LA. And so it was on a card, an AWS alternative wrestling show card, uh, maybe like last July or something like that, Matt, last June or something. And we both Bateman and myself are obviously big last podcast. I'm left fans. And I think I might've started it. I tweeted all you guys and was like, Hey, we'd love it. I'd love it. If you guys came to this show because I'm a huge fan. And then I think Bateman also tweeted all you guys and it turned into eventually we were like, okay, we're fighting for the honor of Ben Henry and Marcus. (laughs) And none of you guys responded, but we were still like, we're going through with this for us. So technically I violate, uh, I'm welching on a bet every week when I listen to your guys' podcast because I'm I lost the match, so I'm actually supposed to not be allowed to listen to the last podcast. Anymore. Oh man, I, I love that it grew into that. Like you can't listen to the podcast. Yeah, no, it turned into a whole thing, and then I was like, well, they're it's so fun. They didn't even respond, but I was like, that's better almost. Sure. That we just still did. We still fought for their honor, regardless oh, of if they knew we were doing it or not. Yeah, <laughs> I, lo- I love it. Well, that's so sweet. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. Anytime. Yeah. And hey, now here we are, like whatever, a year and a half later, and both myself and Bateman uh, got to uh, spend some time with you and, and be on a podcast. So life is like full circle or whatever. Oh, yeah. hell yeah, man. Yeah, apologies. I very rarely look at my Twitter because it's a cesspool of madness. No, you. I like. I got it. Like There was no part of me that was like, wow, I can't believe they didn't respond. I was totally, I understood. I was like, I wouldn't either. Um, where, are, where are you with social media engagement in character, like kayfabe versus person? Yeah, or, being me versus, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's like a whole stream of consciousness. That, yeah. Right. Like, sometimes, sometimes I'm just like, in traffic in LA and I'm like man I'm gonna tweet about how much this fucking sucks and sometimes I'm like "All right, now you gotta be like Royce Isaacs right now and Royce Isaacs is not concerned about the 405 Um, I just play everything by ear I think you have to have you know your head on a swivel like you gotta know there's certain situations that no matter how good of a wrestler or quote unquote worker you are you probably shouldn't be talking about this or that or you don't need to uh, uh, go for maybe like the low hanging fruit Right. Uh, punch up, as you would say, I guess, in comedy or whatever. But uh, everything I, w- I would say is a case by case basis as far as like keeping in character and whatnot. I think it should be pretty obvious if you're building for a match to keep it in character and to, you know, you're not really talking about stuff unless it's, you know, right cleared with both parties and whatnot. But. So when right. it comes to NWA and building towards matches, obviously Billy Corgan, he's an artistic mind and an artistic man. Um, yes. Are you what kind of storylines are you guys working towards right now? And are you feeling um, and you don't have to. I don't want you to dump on your company. Are you feeling <laughs> no. uh, satisfied as far as like story arcs, or is there a story arc that you would like to do that you or that you're not currently doing, or are you happy overall right now with with where you're at story wise? I mean, the NWA thing's been really really cool because all pretty much all the feedback's been really positive on it. Yeah, um, it seems like everyone really likes it, and um, it's been really popular so far. So I'm I'm really happy as far as that goes. As far as uh, Stories and all that were, I guess we're, we just showed the fourth episode of NWA Power. Uh, so we're about halfway through what we filmed in, uh, at the end of September, beginning of October. Okay. Um, and then we have our next, our, we have a pay-per-view and then two days of tapings in December. So uh, uh, without giving away too much storyline stuff, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the creative direction that we're going. One thing that's really, really cool about the NWA and having someone like Billy Corgan, who himself is an artist, is he's really given uh, myself, Tom, and all the other NWA talents a lot of freedom as far as, like, obviously we're not just going out there and being like, ah I found out that you killed my uncle 20 years ago. <laughs> like, we're not just, like, making bullshit up. Right. But because Billy Corgan's an artist and he understands there's a lot more freedom as far as, like, he hired us because we're good artists rather than saying we see something there. We want to make something of you. Like he sees the potential already. And he sees that if we have that freedom to be creative, uh, it can really like make a special, you know, special moments and, uh, uh, good TV by letting like, like almost getting out of the way and letting the artists be artists. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, I think on the larger shows such as WWE specifically, Vince could probably benefit from that. 
sort of logic as well. Yeah, I mean, if you hire someone for a job, usually uh, you kind of trust that they're able to do it in some capacity. And you may have like some coaching or this, that, whatever. But I know that personally, I really benefit from a style of, you know, give me guidance, give me help. Tell me the parameters I need to be within. But I'm a creative mind. I got into wrestling because I like being creative and I come from a family of artists and and all that kind of stuff. I didn't want to if I wanted to be an actor and just follow a script, I, 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 a script, I could do that. Right. Do that as well, you know? So that's interesting. I mean, a lot of people, just to kind of get this in people's brains as far as, like, what the world of wrestling is, it's season-based, right, when it comes to NWA uh, power. And so did you guys – so you guys filmed most of it in a very short period of time. That must have been extremely physically taxing on you. Yeah, yeah. The the big thing with uh, NWA they've been saying is that studio wrestling is back. So studio wrestling, like TV studio. We were literally filming in – a TV studio in Atlanta. Damn. Um, yeah, it was. That's awesome. It was really cool, and it was like I guess like a couple blocks away from where the NWA used to film TV as well. Oh. So it was like really like that retro old school feeling, like we are doing old school TV studio wrestling. That's awesome. Um, it can be very tricky and it can be tough because sometimes like the fans have seen you multiple times in the same day. It's obviously really tough as a performer to have to go out there and perform like wrestle two or three times in a single day. Damn. Um, it's, it's a challenge, but at the same time it can be really nice because as long as everything is running smoothly and you're going the crowds into it, like you, you have to be good at your job and you have to be mind your P's and Q's because yeah, maybe they've seen you an hour before, but if you can ride that wave and that momentum and keep everything running smoothly and if you you know, if you can find ways to to get over here and there, it can be really uh I think it's it can be really beneficial. I really liked working the TV studio uh studio TV wrestling style. Yeah. I have a little bit of experience of, with that from Championship Wrestling from Hollywood mm-hmm. as well as a few other places that uh are shut down now that I did that that style before, but I right. would say Still, the NWA thing, they were they basically told us before the first tapings, they said, we're not we're not live, obviously. Uh, we're filming, you know, a couple months in advance, basically, of, of when we're airing or I had started, I guess, two weeks after it started airing, but like two months uh, of, of, of TV was filmed. They basically um, they basically said we're treat it like it's live, like we're not planning on editing anything. So the the shows would be like three and a half, four hours of just running right through. Right. Like, that's a hectic pace to Damn. do four episodes of TV at a time. Wow. Absolutely. And you mentioned the- it's just going uh, on a line cut. Yeah, you mentioned the TV uh, or t- studio style. What changes when it comes to the studio style versus if it is something like a live you know, AEW event or something like that or a live NWA event? Well, I mean, it's like if you're, let's say, have a 10-minute segment, you really have a 10-minute segment. If I run- five, 10 minutes over, that's coming out of someone else's time. Right. And then I'm a real jerk, you know? Yeah. There's a, the studio audience versus like at like a, a lot of events, there's fans on all sides of you and there's cameras here. And there. Like there's just, there's a hard cam, there's the two roving cams here at the studio and then there's fans all on the backside. So you can turn one side, there's fans, the other side, there's cameras oh. and it's like, Oh, it's it's literally like having a, a studio that you react to or that reacts mm-hmm. to you. You know, like I, there's no applause, yeah, whatever, yeah. like a sign. But that's kind of what you're working with is that here's my camera in front of me, here's the studio behind me. Versus, and I think we had like a hundred people. I think it's the studio seats like a hundred people, so it looks much bigger, right? Um, especially with how the the seats rise and how the how the um the chairs are. But it's like that's a hundred people that are. They're watching these these shows just like, including my father. My dad was there Aww. actually at the tapings, which he's like my biggest fan. So that's so shout sweet. Out, shout out to John. Shout out John. <laughs> you you got a good kid, John. You got a good kid. Good. Uh, that that's awesome. And I I suppose when it comes to uh, learning how to mug for the cameras and play to the cameras, that's a great experience. Just as far as that kind of training goes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, like I like I said, I was lucky that I had a little bit of studio experience beforehand because it is. There is an art to working a camera, and no one's perfect at it, but it can be really tough if you've never had experience with that style before. Right. And it can be really tough, too, if you've never had experience working under really uh, really tough time constraints, like really strenuous time constraints, because if you're used to someone being like, hey, just give me like 10 to 20 minutes and just make sure the crowd's into it, that's 
like what I mean that's a big range you can do whatever in that time it'd be really hard not to hit your time when you're doing that and even if you don't hit your time who cares it doesn't affect the rest of the performers but when you're at a studio right you don't really have that option you're you gotta hit your time exactly so that's like not just executing your moves and whatever you're executing your moves you're making sure everything's on hard cam and it looks good and you're doing it within an allotted time like that's Damn. There was like there was I was at uh Championship Hollywood. Yeah. Uh and there was a, a, a couple of guys that we knew had a match or whatever and they came out afterwards and they're like, "Oh, sorry, I went about I went about 25 seconds over." And I was like, "25 seconds is a very specific time <laughs> as sure a wrestler is. in a it ring sure with is. a crowd. Like, wait a minute. How did I, a like a who makes the call when you're going over?" Like who, if if you're going over, like what happens? Do you know where you are as far as time goes? I mean, you should. If you're a pro, you should have it planned out. That mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll need like two minutes to take this home or whatever. Or right. like, you, right. there 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 should be like a good solid plan. Like you shouldn't just go in like, well, some point they're gonna tell us to go. Home. <laughs> Whoops, we're late. <laughs> um, but like that's part of being being a pro. That's part of working that studio style. Is like now. I can just kind of hear what we have and be like, okay, we need like four minutes for that. Right. Right. So, so it's more, know. it's it's kind of an internal clock that you have now uh, after doing it for so long? Uh, Yeah. And I mean, there's communication as well uh, through like the referee and whatnot. Uh, okay. You know? So you're, you, you should have, you should have a clue at least. Right. Like, or, or if someone's just w- w- running around the ring waving, hey, fellas. <laughs> like then Guys, probably, wrap it up. Wrap <laughs> it up. Wrap <laughs> it up. <laughs> probably means, yeah, you, you went too long. Absolutely. Not too long. One of the things that I I don't and I don't know how versed you are in this, but a lot yes. of that we found that um, a lot of the listeners are people that are getting back into wrestling. Yep. Yeah. So maybe familiar with it at some point. Can you give me just a little legacy on NWA? So the NWA is like the oldest national wrestling company in America. It was really huge in like the the sixties and seventies, eighties, and even into the nineties. Like that's where Rick Flair, Rick Flair really came into mm-hmm. his own. Um, the great Harley Race, who just passed, was I believe like an eight-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. Uh, it has an amazing legacy, and then for a long time, because of a few different reasons and partly how it was ran and, and all that, the the company kind of fell out of grace and wasn't as in the spotlight right. until. Just barely over two years ago, Billy Corgan bought the NWA. Well, what what uh, I was thinking about that the other day. What happened? Because the NWA <laughs> was the king, right? It was like yeah. the yeah. company. That's the one you wanted to get with. And then, uh, how did it kind of disappear for so long? I mean, there was a lot of issues, including um, it. Just it seems like whoever was like other products had gotten popular. Obviously, uh, WWE coming into its own. Uh, really hurt the NWA, yeah. Because uh, you can see that the NWA became had become a little less popular in like the the eighties when Hulkamania blew up, mm-hmm. right? Um, WWE became the number one national product and the biggest thing going. Um, I think it wasn't necessarily uh, it, it, it was tough. It was it wasn't maybe some of the people that were running it um, didn't do all the the right things to right. to get it in the right position. Um, Shane Douglas throwing the NWA title in the trash in the early 90s to declare ECW really sure didn't help uh, oh public perceptions. Um, there's so r- many there's so many fascinating right. massive like, right massive moments that came from like NWA. Right. And there was so stuff many. that like people like they they tried to bring it back kind of in certain ways and and nothing quite had worked out until Billy Corgan came along like it was just it was tough in in uh like TNA slash now it's called uh, Impact. They had had right. the NWA title for a short period of time, but it just it never really caught on. It was never quite right. like at the heights that it used to be right. until Billy Corgan. And he's he, it's crazy how much of a vision Corgan had because he it it was over. It was slightly over two years from when he bought it before he ran the first actual TV tapings. Like yeah. they had ran a few shows. Like obviously Crockett Cup, uh, where I first came in, was 
a co-show with the with the Ring of Honor uh, that they had ran, and they ran NWA 70 on the 70th anniversary, but they hadn't been running regular shows, and they hadn't been huh. doing like a regular. But like that's that's the thing is Billy Corgan didn't just get into it just to like bam bam bam. I'm running shows. Everyone's on my roster. I'm buying up this that whatever. Not that there's anything uh, wrong with it. Just. My point is that like Billy Corgan really had a long-term goal and vision yeah. for the NWA before he even bought it. He knew this was going to be multiple years of planning, and he wanted to make sure he was in the right spot before, boom, like really starting it up. And the ti- the timing couldn't be more fascinating. Yeah. yeah, like the like now you have you have the best talent kind of every you have the the new best talent coming into their own, yes. which I think is really great. Yeah, how does that work regarding like the the TNA? Uh, NWA belt do they I don't know maybe this is too like boring of a question but I'm just interested does NWA license the belt then and they say yeah you can use our license if you pay us a certain amount of money or something how does that work when it comes to like the belts I believe at the time that's how that worked that, se- that seems like uh, that's what was going on okay now at this point obviously the NWA has their the control of all their own belts uh, again they have the, ha- the world's heavyweight champion the uh, national champion tag team champions which is me and Tommy and then uh, the women's champion which is Allison Kay so we have all the uh, the NWA titles and I I assume some of the other retro titles that they used to have will also start to come back as the NWA itself grows. But yeah, I, I don't actually know that. So I could be completely wrong. Where cool. do you keep your belts? <laughs> uh, Tom actually has both of our belts right now. I was keeping my, okay. So straight up those gold, those, <gasps> if you guys, what? Know you don't what the have tag, your own belt. <laughs> if you guys know what the tag, the NWA tag titles, they're so heavy. Like literally in my roller bag, it would it goes in a circle if you just if you just push it with the belt in there. They're heavier than ten pounds of gold. It's so much with the big eagle and like the, it's. Such a I mean, cool I love belt. it. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing, and I totally would be cool with uh, uh, keeping the belt as well. But I kept them. I actually had them both for a second, and then so I was like, all right, Tommy, you're gonna, my man, you're gonna have this forty five pounds of eagle That's in your bag from now on. <laughs> um, so you actually, so you you actually do take the belts with you. It's not like you go backstage, you give the belts to the company, and then they take it uh, from show to show. You get the belt. I mean, I always do because then you have to for sure buck me again. Absolutely, they got they got to get the belt back. I mean, <laughs> it's an insurance policy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm exactly. not athletic. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm quite lazy. So I had to buy my own belt. I bought the Universal Championship belt on WWE.com. It was way too expensive, and I don't want to talk about it. Um, but if I am depressed, sometimes I just put it on. I mean, I can't technically fit in it, but I put it over my shoulder. And then I pat it, and then I say, I'm winning, and I'm a winner. Uh, do you ever just grab the belt and just make yourself feel better? <laughs> you know. Um, just wear it to Starbucks. I, just, well, why not? I mean, let them know. Let the I, world I know would, you're a champion. I yeah. would. <laughs> you know, I, I usually I do not wear the belt in public, uh, but I do want to say it's it's always a conversation starter when I go through TSA. Uh, they always want to know what the heck's going on. And, like one time I was really tired and I wasn't thinking I was feuding with uh, Gangrel at the time oh nice the, yeah 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 if anyone doesn't know he's the vampire warrior he's a legend he's amazing and uh, the brood yeah the brood yeah. one of like the like, probably the best entrance theme song of all time was the brood and for those that don't remember Gangrel he broke Edge and Christian as well yeah he, yeah 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 exactly yeah exactly but um I was feuding with him at the time and this lady goes oh, do you have some kind of championship belt in, in your bag? And I go, oh, yeah. And she goes, oh, that's really cool. How did you win it? And I go, oh, yeah, I was fighting a vampire. And it just came out of me naturally, and I realized, like, this lady is looking at me like I'm fucking insane. I was like, just check the bag and let me go. I'm sorry. In her defense, it's probably the most, like, normal thing she heard going to TSA. <laughs> like, ah, yes. Yeah. Fighting oh, yes, a vampire. Oh, yes, of course. You must cool. be a wrestler, I'll assume. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much fun. I mean, so when it comes to uh, Gangrel and and those kind of old timers, um, it must be. Do you have any insight into that transition for someone like him? Perhaps I mean he's got to come on the show as well. But that must be interesting for him because when I was growing up, I'm, I'm an Attitude Era baby, and yeah. I remember him coming up from the you know bottom of the uh, entrance ramp, fire all around, and things like that. And now he's kind of, uh, is he giving, is he more of an advice guy now backstage and letting kids know or letting younger performers know, like, about the business? You know, honestly, I'm not even kidding, Gangrel can still fucking go. 
Like straight up, he is amazing. Like he can wrestle his ass off still. It's crazy. He still moves just the same. Like, uh, it's one of those things you'd almost kind of think because of his age, he, he would be doing that. kind. But he is just crushing it. Like, Gangrel can still wrestle with anyone in the freaking world. I really hope that he gets a chance to prove that with one of these bigger national companies. Yeah. Because I could see him being like the next PCO in terms of that guy can freaking wrestle still and he he can do it all. But he also has all that knowledge. And and right. Gangrel is one of the nicest, most generous dudes that will. Like if you do need that advice, he 100% is there for that. And he can he can give you the best advice, whether it's on technique or psychology or whatever it is. But I mean, I think I think Gangrel still has a lot left to give in the ring, and I hope awesome. that he gets the chance to show that for sure. Hell yeah, that's so cool. I love I love hearing good stories about about the vets. Yeah, there's not a. It's not that there aren't good stories. It's just that they always seem to come with some sort of dark side. Oh no, there's plenty of really, really bad stories. <laughs> and like, shout out to Pat Tanaka. I love him, but uh, I feel like everyone has a Pat Tanaka story where he stole three thousand dollars for their quote unquote Japanese wrestling license. Sure, and he <laughs> left town or whatever. You know, <laughs> who? So. Who? who uh, can you explain to the audience who Pat Tanaka is? Oh, uh, Pat Tanaka is a legend. Uh, the probably the best Inside Out bump of all time. The Orient Oriental Express. Um, him and Paul Diamond were an amazing tag team and uh, man yeah no I mean Pat Tanaka is I don't I would, I would like I like to think that he like deep down he has a heart of gold because he's done a lot for me and he's been really good to me but he's like kind of like the scumbag with a heart of gold you know yeah and uh, I think in all forms of entertainment there are those oh. people oh, totally. yeah. you know oh yeah Pat Tanak has been great to me, but he's been really shitty to a lot of other people. And he's crazy, and I love him, <laughs> and I hope he's doing well. I think he's in North Dakota right now. Uh, shout out to Pat Tanaka. Absolutely. <laughs> stealing cow, stealing milk from cows, most likely, because I think that's yeah. the only thing you can steal in North Dakota. Yeah, pro probably. He also, I mean, man, Pat Tanaka's a guy that if he was around today instead of uh, in the 70s and 80s and 90s, I think he would be like a guy that people because he was smaller and he was more nimble and he right. could do a lot of high flying stuff i think he would be like pat pwg pat tanaka right nowadays you know? right yeah just just high flying just flipping all rope. over and kicking people and it'd be sweet Love where it. what <laughs> what is what is the current era we're we're in right now as far as wrestling i, I feel like there's more people getting either first shots or chances on like different styles of wrestling yeah, it's it's an interesting boom period because it's not quite like the Attitude Era where there's two huge companies and they're making so much money. Right. But there are more companies, even though not like I don't I wouldn't say that one company's as hot. Like there there aren't the audiences in droves like there were for the Attitude Era. There's right. a ton of companies, so there are overall a ton of fans, and then there's really good opportunities for for the boys. Uh, uh, I almost I would call it like the alternatives era because like there's I alternatives to WWE. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's plenty. There's NWA powers on Tuesday. Uh, AEW's uh, Dynamite is on is on Wednesday. Uh, Impact has their show on on Twitch as well as uh, uh, they just got a, like a full station. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I didn't yeah, want to yeah. say the wrong one because yeah, they yeah. just got like their own station. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Ring of Honor is still doing their thing, crushing it. So it's like you have wrestling options almost every night of the week. And these are all places that are like offering real opportunities. These aren't indie companies. These are national companies. Yeah, absolutely. So. I think th that's a great name for the episode. The alternative era. I mean, that's, that's my speed. I love it. I, I feel like it. we're, yeah, we're like yeah. in the alternative era of life right now with yeah. all the weird stuff that we're finding out. Like the Tom DeLonge thing with the, the aliens. Okay. What's yeah, going? Okay. We can we can get into that for a okay, second because cool. you mentioned right, Tom yeah. DeLonge's name, so now we have to talk about it. Oh, him. now we've got to unpack this. Yeah. But I've been trying to do a story with Jim Jeffries and Tom DeLonge yes. for two years, and I just want to get the two of them in a room together, and then I just keep getting blocked by Tom's people. Uh. It's fine. I understand. He's very protective all of a sudden. Well, not all of a sudden. It. Ever since he got into UFOs and aliens, yeah. it's very protective. I get it. We weren't going to make fun of him. We were just going to like, this is right up Jim's alley. Jim's on board. Yeah. He's like, yeah, man, I don't care what songs you sang before this. They're fucking aliens. Yeah. Yeah. What was your, what's your thoughts on Tom DeLonge, Royce? You know, I, 
Like, this is the weirdest timeline that we picked. I <laughs> don't know what's going on anymore. At this point, you couldn't really tell me anything, and I'd be like, no, nah, that's too weird to happen in real life. <laughs> we had we already got past the Epstein pedophile island thing. Yep. Uh, Tom DeLonge is getting funding from the government <laughs> to research alien. Like, we picked the weirdest time. Nothing. You couldn't. If you were like, yeah, lizard people are real, I'd be like, all right, dude, whatever. Like, give me my coffee. Like, it's. At this point, yeah, what, I wrestled what the could surprise me at this point? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I train wrestling in David Arquette's backyard, and I work for <laughs> Billy Corgan. <laughs> and Tom DeLonge is funded by the government to find aliens. Anything <laughs> is fucking possible. This guys. is the alternative era. We are in the alternative oh, era. I completely agree. I completely <laughs> agree with that. David Arquette, man, he really loves wrestling. He does. David Arquette is like. The coolest man. Shout out to David Arquette. We'll have to put he's, him on the he's list. He's a real one for sure. I'm gonna put David Arquette on the list. I would love to speak with David Arquette, but my he damn near got killed in that death match. Yeah, the see a lot of people don't realize it's called the death match because you could die. Yeah, and uh, David's amazing. The he's such a sweetheart, and uh, I think he's his comeback to wrestling. I'm really glad he did it because I know that was for him. And I think sometimes you should be like, fuck everybody else. I'm doing this for me. Yeah, I'm a totally. big believer in that. And I think he was successful and he did a lot of really cool stuff. I don't think he should have done a death match. And I think he would tell you that, too, if you were talking to him. Yeah. Really? I mean, it, yeah. I, he, I did not see. I heard about it. I have okay. not seen it because, as Ben knows, I'm not. I, it's not that I don't appreciate. It's not that I don't appreciate the blood. I just don't want anyone to get hurt. So does that mean you're not going to watch myself and Bateman had a bull rope match and we both got real bloody? You're not going to watch when it comes out? Here's the thing. I will watch it and support. Okay. But I may turn away at some point. I will give you the <laughs> We couch. bleed a lot. <laughs> don't. Not to, not to, no spoil, don't not to spoil don't anything, but don't we hurt yourself. bleed a lot. Don't hurt yourself. Do, you, do you have a date for the bull whip match? When is that coming out? Um, I want to say it comes out in like two weeks. Uh, it's on. Cha it was on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. So if anyone follows that, it comes out on Fight TV as well as uh, the CW30 YouTube channel. It drops on Saturdays and uh, Sundays. So uh, awesome. please check that out in like the next two or so weeks oh dude i'm Bateman definitely yeah. definitely gonna check that out i mean talking about you know this alternative era this bizarre timeline that we're in you can't surprise people anymore uh everyone would believe that there's reptiles running the government at this point how yes. do you still captivate the audience because that is the thing i mean every wrestling's been around now for so long there are so many different avenues which is great but then it's also difficult to stand out how do you make wrestling fresh for people who are coming in after they've already seen so much? You know, I, th I think it's important to have your own take on things. I like to, I like to take a lot of my inspiration from outside of wrestling rather than being like, Oh, I'm such a fan of X, Y, and Z wrestler. It's like, right. I try to base a lot of my character work on like, um, uh, uh, Kurt Russell's character from uh, Big Trouble in Little China or yeah. like or going back to Mortal Kombat Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat 1 I think is a great sarcastic anti-hero yeah um, so I like to take stuff from places like that I like to try I, I don't if I see someone do a really cool move it's like okay that's great that they did that but I have no interest in doing that because they already did that really cool move like right. I want to find my own stuff um, I think that when you find yourself as a performer and you get to put your own stamp on things and make things unique, I think that's really important and that's really uh, uh, powerful. And that's when you make interesting art. Like, if I just went out there and I cosplayed as someone else, it would be like that. I could be as good as I wanted, but I'm never going to be like that interesting or captivating because I'm just right. doing someone else's bits or someone else's stuff. So I, th I think it's good to find influences from outside wrestling. I think it's good to take wrestling tropes and dump them on their head. Mm -hmm. And it's just like we all have to. It's like any other art form. You can be as creative as you want. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know. There, People have been writing books since the beginning of time. But if you can find a different, you know, your own voice. Right. You know what I mean? You're not going to be like, oh, I invented a new form of paper and that's my legacy. I mean, unless you're an inventor. But yeah, uh, you sure can find your own voice and. Hopefully uh, it's an interesting one and people want to listen. Absolutely. I love it. 
That was very inspiring. That was. I mean, something like that. <laughs> it was. It sure was words. I mean, no, it works. It works. It's true, though. I mean, it's it's you know, as as performers and you know, a lot of people maybe listening. It's like, how do you stand out? How do you you know become uh, something that people are attracted to? And really, at the end of the day, it is you. It's just the extension of you. And if you hold true to yourself and keep it, you know, uh, you know, connected to your soul and you can try to be, I mean, for us, for last podcast and everything I do, I try to be as broad as I possibly can while staying true to myself. So I'm not going to attract everybody because you just can't. And if you try to do that, you want to attract anyone, obviously, but it's like you try to make yourself as extendable and relatable as humanly possible. But then again, you can only go so far. I don't speak Mandarin. (laughs) Uh, or Spanish, <laughs> or you know, whatever. Um, so you can only Mandarin go so far. Or Spanish, uh, or a series of other languages. Finnish. <laughs> I'm not reaching the fence. I know that. But you just try to expand yourself as much as you possibly can while staying true to yourself. Yeah, yeah. I lo- I, I'm I'm happy with this. I have I have no more. Qu- I mean, I have. We could talk about wrestling for the next three hours. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm rocking as long as you guys want to. I, don't I love it. Sure, Ben, how you doing over there? Um, no, I mean, really, I feel like we've covered so much. I, I suppose it's really, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was awesome yeah. talking with you. And I mean, obviously we do have to have, uh, one of our favorite questions, which is injuries. We haven't done injuries yet. Oh, yeah. Boy. Injuries and, and favorite injury. What is your favorite, most favorite, favorite injury? Out of all of my injuries. Um, so a quick two, I have a little Harry Potter scar you probably can't see from here. Um, it's from an elbow from Jesse Sorensen, so shout out to Jesse Sorensen. It was my first time wrestling in Vegas, which at this point is like damn near my second home for wrestling. But but he just gave me a forearm, and just his elbow glanced across my, my forehead. And I had to wrestle three times that night, so it just kept, I was bleeding all night. And I get stitched up in my in my spandex at a Vegas uh, emergency room afterwards. Damn, it was no. it was pretty wild. That was like the beginning of 2016, and then like mid 2015, the worst injury I ever had was uh, I separated my shoulder in the middle of a match, and uh, that's like the the joint basically the the so you where your humeral joint, your clavicle, and your shoulder uh, your shoulder blade, the ligaments that hold them together. I was dropped on my shoulder and they all pop, 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 uh, came apart. Oh, and I had to finish. No. I had to finish that. It was my right arm too. So I, had to, I was like given clotheslines and stuff and it was miserable. The, wor- the worst part though, like once I got through the match, I had my adrenaline and whatever. But after the adrenaline p- dr- dump, I had to um, put on a shirt to go to the ER and stuff. And it was like, I mean, I don't know. You can still feel, uh, if you want to feel, it's like, that's oh. my collarbone oh, right there. No. It's like I got a little like gargoyle wing that got no, you do. or something. It's definitely got a little chip on your yeah, shoulder. I, I really do. Yeah, if you guys know me, I sure do. Yep. Well, you got to. Um, yeah. Who are who are your people? <laughs> My, like, wrestling influences? Yeah, or, like, no, like, just in your camp. Like, who are your best friends, the ones your ride or dies? Shit. I mean, Jungle Boy, obviously, is, is one of my best friends. Uh, Ta- Tom Latimer, we, uh, we've, been, we've been tagging as the wild cards, but uh, we're already getting really, really tight. Jarrell Nelson, my tag partner in the 1%. Um, Tyler Bateman, now that he's with Ring of Honor, I can admit publicly that we're friends. Uh, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> before that, I really couldn't. And uh, uh, Peter Avalon's also a, a, a really good homie. These are these the uh, there's others and there's people I'm forgetting, and I'm sure they'll be really mad at me. And I'm sorry that I forgot you. Uh, but but those are like the homies that I'm chilling with on a regular basis, and uh, I don't know, doing dumb shit with. That's awesome, man. Because d- do you think it's true that like the best matches come from people who actually get along? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, I would say. Yeah, like some of my favorite matches are probably my matches with Bateman, my matches with Andy Brown, and my matches with Martin Casayas or Marty the Moth if you're a Lucha Underground fan. And all of us get along really well. We have similar senses of humor. Uh, and I don't know, we all just right. kind of have similar styles. And it, it's like you just trust each other and you beat the shit out of each other and then you go have a good time. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, just sort of going back old school talk uh, on a macro level, when it comes to Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, yeah. they they truly did hate each other, though, right? I I really think so. It'd be really surprising if they were homies. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they've kept it up really well over the years. They, yeah. I was just yeah. trying to think of, like, has anyone wrestled that I think could truly actually hate each other, but they put on amazing matches? And I guess Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels maybe break the 
break the old uh, tradition of actually being sort of close friends. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely. I, there's people that I don't necessarily get along with super well that you just have good flow or chemistry in there. And right, uh, there's like I said, there's really only like there's not that many people that I'm like, oh man, like I really fucking hate that guy, or I wouldn't do business with that guy, or I don't even want to deal with that guy. But I, I tend to keep it pretty damn professional, so I don't yeah. really see that being an issue. I, I guess I'd be more worried about the other person actually being a pro about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, awesome. Well, we do a segment uh, here at the end of each show called Match from the Past. Sitting on the couch, drinking a BL. You gotta make the good times last with the Match from the Past. Do you have a uh, match that you would like to highlight for the audience at all? Oh, man. And it doesn't. It doesn't have to be one of your matches. It can be. Um, but just a match that influenced you or a match that stands out, one of your favorite memories growing up or uh, or recently, whatever you want. And then we'll play a little sound clip and try to remind our audience about how some uh, about some great matches from the past. Um, I mean, I think that probably one of my top favorite matches of all time is Stone Cold versus Bret Hart from WrestleMania 14. Uh, I don't think you can ever go wrong watching that match. It's Absolutely. a masterpiece and it's beautiful, so... You know, enjoy that. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, well, there they go. Here we go. The next coming through. Top tier. The top tier. He's almost got it. Top tier. He's going on. Austin can't reach the ropes. This is Bret Hart's move. And who would blame Stone Cold if he gave up here? This week's match from the past. Thank you so much, Royce Isaacs. Check him out. NWA, t- uh, not NWA TV, but where can people find it? What is the network that NWA, uh, the show will be on? What time is it? Or where can people find you? So the NWA uh, Power with three R's uh, airs every Tuesday at 6.05 Eastern, 3.05 Pacific, live on YouTube and Facebook. Um, so check out their, their channels on there. They're, they also just got on the fight, uh, fight TV. So if you have that app, you can watch it on there, but I would say YouTube is probably the one that's easiest It broadcast live. It's an hour long. If you don't like it, I'll come to your house and give you your hour back. (laughs) Uh, and you can find, if you want to complain to me, I'm at Royce Isaacs on Instagram and at Royce Isaacs on Twitter. Hell yeah, man. Thank you so much. Tag team champion. One half of the tag team NWA champions. Royce Isaacs, thank you so much. Katie, do you want to say anything else? I, no, I'm, I think I'm good. I think I'm we're, good. I think we're good. We're this all right. Yeah. This is just wonderful. Thank you all so much for listening, and thank you for supporting Kind of Fun. We're just getting this show off the ground, and as always, uh, we really appreciate you, and we appreciate uh, your listenership. And uh, if you want to go on iTunes, you can rate and review the show. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it, everyone. Hope you guys are all doing well. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. Katie, what's your catchphrase for this week? Uh, Hey, just go out there and, and do the best you can. I love that. I love that. I'm trying to keep it motivational.
Always remember to salt your pasta while boiling it. That's a great yeah. one. Salt your pasta. That's like when Warren Zevon was like, enjoy every sandwich. I like that. Always salt your pasta when I never do that. Salt your pasta. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.